0: One player podcast in, preparing to dock. You are clear for docking. Talking into Bay 110, over. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the One Player Podcast. Uh, it's great to be here. It's another show. Uh, Hi, Low Julius. You there? Hi, Low. How's it going? Oh, I am so tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh of my life. yeah
1: we were talking we were talking about how I was uh taking part in a festival earlier today and it was exhausting long day of long day of volunteering and working at a booth and i was tired
0: man yeah that, that's hard and out in the sun and all that huh
1: yeah doing grunt work okay. grunt volunteering
0: at least the heat of summer is over at least it is around here now it's it's cooled down a little bit
1: that's true yeah, much nicer volunteering in something like Gen Con. At least you're inside and air conditioning, get to play games. That's right. Instead of having to slave over an open grill outside. Oh, my gosh. Ah, joy. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I come back just smelling of grill smoke the whole time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. That, that's going to be, yeah. That's fun. Take a few showers. <laughs> yeah, actually.
1: that's That's very true.
0: Yeah, I used to work at McDonald's, and my hands always smelled like hamburger meat after a while. It was terrible. <laughs> I I
1: can appreciate that.
0: So, playing anything interesting of late? Um, I've been playing Guilds of London still, trying to figure that out. I'm struggling with that game because my scores are horrible. Oh. You know, I can only get better, I hope. <laughs> I, um, I got Octodice, and I played a game of that. Uh, are you from- that that's fun i'm I, I surprised i enjoyed it as much as I, did. I didn't i was not expecting much of it because it was a dice rolling game a light dice rolling game but there's that's, a lot more a- strategy than i thought there would be
1: it's a yahtzee light game sent in the world of aquasphere by um z-man games i believe right
0: no not i don't think it's aquasphere maybe it is it's is uh, publishing it
1: it's aeg it's Octo Dice, right yes with like octopuses and yes. you do submarines and things. Yeah, that's set in the world of Aquasphere, which is really? originally a game by um, Feld, by Stefan Feld. Mm-hmm. Yes, I that's played that. the parent game of it. And so it's supposed to be in the same world as that.
0: Okay. Sure that. I, I can believe it, I guess. I, I don't remember uh, Aquasphere enough, but I liked Octodice. That was neat.
1: So you were playing the solo game version of it?
0: I played solo and against uh, some friends at the games when I bought it. And, and it's okay. neat because you're, you're rolling the dice and then choosing how to spend them later on. And there's lots of different combinations you could do. Um, and lots of different ways to score. So so in that sense, it definitely is a, a Stefanfeld-style game.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's what I think that's what it's originally based on. I'm pretty sure of that. Okay. So...
0: Take that, take that for what you will. It's got submarines. It's close enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I Something need. Something like that. Something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I was getting some uh, older games in also. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you consider older games. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, getting some uh, Mage Knight in, but also getting some Pandemic: The Cure in. Oh, nice. Okay. So, I know that there's a new expansion for Pandemic the Cure coming out in uh, Essen. And we were playing some more of the current one, getting excited about the expansion coming out because that's one of our favorite games. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I really want, want to see more dice. Mm-hmm. I saw Pandemic Cthulhu at my game store, my friend's local game store. And it, nice. it looks tempting. It's got neat looking miniatures and all that in the back that I would never paint. But it's got Cthulhu, and so it makes me want it. I'm gonna avoid it. I'm gonna avoid it for now.
1: I also played another round of the quest for Warhammer Quest, the adventure card game.
0: Oh, and how'd that go? (laughs) Not so well. Um,
1: Leaves me wanting to get some more quests. Unfortunately.
0: Uh, Oh. I mean, I'm still really,
1: I still do like the game. I still definitely like the game, but. you know, I have no critique about the game. I just wish it would be getting an expansion. And I don't know if you've heard, mm-hmm. it's not going
0: to be <laughs> I, I did hear about that. that. was a bit of a surprise, yeah. It was a big surprise for me. Yeah. Fantasy Flight and War... And, um, what's the company? Warhammer Folk? Games Workshop. Thank you. Games Workshop are parting ways after like yeah. about eight years of uh, being partners, I guess.
1: Something like that. Mm-hmm. Which surprises me. So anything set in the Warhammer... Ro- uh, Realms, so Talisman, Space Hulk, Warhammer 40k, and Warhammer Adventure Card Game, but also Fury of Dracula is disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, Space Hulk Death Angel is disappearing. So, all these things are are going to be going going away, and there's not going to be any more of those.
0: Yeah, and a lot of those have already disappeared off the shelves as soon as the news came out. The um, yeah, like those mini expansions for Space Hulk Death Angel. Are sold out everywhere and forty bucks online if you could find it. Yeah, for for a tiny deck of cards.
1: Yeah, they really are because mm-hmm. they're just print on demand. They're small decks. Yeah, and people want them now. It's, yep, it's your last chance to get them.
0: Yep, you know, for me the chance is gone. I'd had one in the shopping cart, fridge, just saying, "No, oh, I should buy it next time I buy stuff," and it's sold out now, so it ain't gonna happen.
1: I did actually have. Um, most of the Space Hulk Death Angel game, mm-hmm. but I had traded it on quite a while back.
0: So. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: the The red die on that, the amount, of, <laughs> the amount of luck contingent on one die roll for me in Space Hulk Death Angel um, frustrated me
0: every time it happened. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, I don't cause... remember having that much trouble with it, personally. I, I don't know if I was playing something wrong, or I'm just really lucky, or maybe I'm really good at that game it could be uh, it could be that I'm really bad at the game <laughs> or my memory's really shot
1: <laughs> it could be but I it, every time that die roll comes up and it was just it was unmitigable I couldn't do anything to really change it or affect it and it would either go white right or go wrong and it's just based on die roll and I just didn't appreciate total luck contention to Space Hulk Death Angel
0: mm, okay yeah yeah it happens okay I'm looking back at my history of plays last game over on turn 2 ouch that's my Damn no. so, never mind
1: yeah that's the sort of stuff i'm talking about that just wasn't wasn't particularly fun for me so yeah
0: lost badly lost poorly lost badly <laughs> never mind my mem- i prefer my memory version of it <laughs> I Stop reading this that's what i get for logging plays yep so yeah there's a few solo games that are going to definitely go out of print and never be seen again i'm sure so if you really were considering one, definitely go and look for it.
1: I just I'm amazed that they're doing this. I mean, I'm hoping that the Warhammer Quest adventure card game system may get like redone into a Star Wars system, since I know that they still have that license. or some other system or some other theme or something, or some other world rather, not theme, some other world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which you know, if they just put it in another world that's still fantasy esque. And make it so that you know you can still use the old one. That would be really awesome. That would be but neat. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, you know that that, that does worry me too. Because if they lost this license sooner or later, I mean, you realize they're gonna have to lose all their other licenses because of whatever reason well, they may choose not to renew one or. Well, Games Workshop.
1: Whatever. It's not that they lost the license. It's that Games Workshop wants to start focusing on its own games. Mm, okay. So they didn't. They lost it to another games place. The only reason they would lose potentially Star Trek or a Star Wars license, is if another game company decided to take it.
0: Mm-hmm. Or if it became too would, expensive. Who would really
1: want to start fighting against either FFG or, as a parent company, Asmodee? Not me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would be rough, that yeah. Takes some, that takes some real stuff to be able to, real shoulders, they say, to be able to want to fight against that kind of backing.
0: Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know, there's also the Lord of the Rings franchise that you know, that's still owned by a, a private family, and they, they tend to protect their their trade their copyrights a lot or whatever it is. True. And if they decide they don't like the way Fantasy Flight is going, they may choose to break that relationship. True. And so, th- because of that, I have been tempted to to stop getting Lord of the Rings and maybe try the Arkham Horror card game that's coming out, the Living Card Game, because probably they own that license themselves, right? You probably should. Eh, I don't know. I do like the Lord of the Rings game. It's great. It really is. Well, I hear that they have the Arkham Horror is going to be very similar now. Yeah, and yet pretty different in some interesting ways. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't want to get into two of those games, so we'll see. Maybe I'll just wait a while and then switch, or who knows? No idea. Yeah. Maybe I'll look into it also at one point. Because
1: mm-hmm. I never played the Lord of the Rings card game. I actually never had so maybe I'll try out the Fantasy Flight one and see how it is
0: yeah that's a good no game know. hmm
1: which one the Fantasy Flight uh, yes the Arkham
0: Horror one the Fantasy I have no idea what we're talking about
1: there's two <laughs> games we're talking about yes. I just said I hadn't done the Lord of the Rings one, oh okay but, but maybe you haven't I could try the Arkham Horror
0: ah okay yes you should do that you should try the Arkham Horror one you like Arkham you like I do like stuff. Arkham yeah. I like Eldritch more okay so, yes, yeah, so you get the game. Give it a try. Let yeah, me know if uh-huh. I should get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never know. We will see. Yeah, I know, I know there's some other games. I know there's some other games I'm looking forward to playing more than that right now. Oh, really? Yeah, my two tops that I'm that I'm looking forward to getting are um are feasts Feast of Odin and terraforming Mars. Hmm. Okay are the two that i'm really looking forward to getting that i don't think are out yet i think both of those are coming soon but i'm really looking forward to getting those two
0: i don't know too much about either one really nope 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 then that's okay
1: i don't know if you want me to tell you about them now hold off until the release hold
0: off i'll be pleasantly surprised later on at one point i'm sure (laughs) in that case
1: should we uh talk about kickstarters Probably, we can talk about some. Here, let me talk about one that I think is a very kid-friendly theme that I think you'll like. Raymaster! Because it's really one of the components here that's really selling this one to me. And it's a deluxe component that's a stretch goal that has already been unlocked. In Raymaster, it's a one- or two-player game. So I'm sure the low-player count guys are just digging that already. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And the idea of this one is that you are a set of scientists that have developed and created this new, I think it's like a quantum dimensional intersperser, something, something gray, a ray gun. <laughs> <laughs> They've made a, you've got a new ray gun that can shrink and grow your dice. And every player is going to have a set of nine dice, and that's three of each size dice. There's medium size, large uh Large size and small size dice. And you'll have these two boards. You'll have a board where the ray is and where the dice are, and you'll move the ray back and forth. And you'll use the second board, which is your control panel, that when you're playing two players, you'll take turns. When you're playing one player, you just do it by yourself on a time clock. Um, and you'll navigate through the control panel to cool down or heat up the ray gun or change its mode. If you're shrinking or growing dice or change its direction or its angle or get students or get more scientists and you control all of these things to um, move your dice around and shrink and grow them. And eventually you'll want to get enough dice on the board to have a high score because your final score is based upon what numbers and what size dice are showing once the time limit is done, once you've gone through the whole deck of student cards. Mm, Okay. And one of the things that, although I, I, I like the art style on this, this is a fun cartoony type art style. You can see it from like the students paper clipped onto the notepads on the cards and this bright colorful, bright yellow and bright blue thing. But one of the coolest things I think is there's an actual cardboard put together, um, ray gun Mm, that's cool which has actual rails so there's a cutout on the board where the ray gun goes and you stick the ray gun in the cardboard cutout rails and so it slides back and forth along that so it'll move along the rails and fit in there and it stands up sort of like if you're familiar with something like um camel up with the cardboard put together pyramid. So it's yeah. a full cardboard put together thing. <laughs> looks, looks neat.
0: It really does. That is so cool. That, that sure makes, looks like it'll make the game a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I mean that, that sort of stuff just, just, you know, gives an improvement in quality and it's fun to do. Nice to have a miniature tooth or mm-hmm. something like that. Even like a cardboard miniature.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause that makes them cheaper too. Mm hmm. So that's the, and it brings a lot of dice in different sizes because you're shrinking and growing your dice. Yes, that's so neat.
1: And so yeah, like I said, that's not it's not a very expensive game. It's twenty three dollar or twenty three pounds, um, which is about twenty six dollars to get a copy of the game. So it's not a very expensive game. And it's going to be finishing up on October fourth.
0: Oh, okay, that's uh, a few weeks away.
1: Yep. Fun, cartoony, not a very long game. I think it's like a thirty minute game.
0: Is it? Okay. Yeah.
1: Fun little cartoony art style. I like the art style on it.
0: Very kid-friendly, it looks like. Yeah, it does. It really does. So, have you heard of Sagrada? Yes. I'm actually backing that one. Because it looks so nice. Are you, Nassar? Yes. It's a really neat-looking game. It's about uh, building stained-glass windows. And again, with dice.
1: This one, when I saw this, it immediately reminded me of another game, um, role player, But this one again so you have dice and you get a card that goes under your window and you roll and draft dice and you're going to play them out on your player board on the window so the window will have different sort of things on it that'll require different cards to go there and things like that and you have objectives and there's public objectives and private objectives which involve how you laid your cards out on the window so like you'll have for instance if you have one of each color in a row you'll get points or if you have a whole bunch of one color you'll get extra points and so things like that so you'll get different objectives based on what it is that you're doing and you get them down at the end of the game once you fill up your whole window you'll score points for that and whoever has the most points wins Mm
0: nice and simple Mm -hmm. It looks fun. And it is based on the uh, Sagrada Familia, the the church in Barcelona, the cathedral, which I believe is still under construction. Are you familiar with it at all? It was designed by Antonio Gaudi around the 1900 or so, and he was working on building it. And and, um, he died during construction and has been kept going since after that. Um, Really, his his design style is very different different from other from any other architect and it's very unique church the um for example he f- he figured out that um the strongest structure you can make is for example if you took a tower made of strings and, and tied all the strings together and joined it like with a, a different point if you hold it upside down the shape that it takes naturally upside down is the strongest shape it's going to take as an arch and so a lot of the design a lot of the structures based that way and he designed other buildings in Barcelona. They're very, I mean, whimsical is the best way to describe it. Very Dr. except that all the
1: windows have a point and not an arch. So
0: well, yes, and you know it makes me wonder, like, if this art is really based on the cathedral or or not. And if you look in the in one of the pictures, you could see what the cathedral looks like in the middle card. There's a picture that throws, shows five five window cards, with one has a, a D six in the middle, and right below the D six, you'll see a, a silhouette of the church where are you talking about i'm on the page um down around let me see right after the uh the different uh, reward levels is listed down after the different reward yeah levels. you'll see inside the box
1: inside the box and then right below inside the box is a picture okay, i'm looking at inside the box yep
0: and then you see there's a picture of a d6 and below that there's a picture of the church
1: not a glass, not a not a stained glass window. You're t- oh, picture of the church there, mm-hmm. with the spires. Yes. Oh, that's the back of the tool cards,
0: and that's the actual cathedral. What it looks like. Well, okay. it's not finished in this picture because there's supposed to be another fifth tower in the middle. It's much much bigger. Really neat place. It is so so different from any other cathedral you'd ever see. It's Have just you been super there? cool. Yeah, I was there around 2000. Um, I went to Barcelona with my mom, and, and we were checking it out. And you could take tours of the place, and you could climb the spires. So we climbed one spire, went a, up about halfway up, I guess. You you cross a little bridge to the other spire, and then go down. It's just amazing, and the architecture is amazing. And you, you you could walk through certain parts of the cathedral, but there's all sorts of construction going on, and there's cranes in there. And imagine it's a lot more built now. Back then, there weren't any stained glass windows yet. It was still too early in construction. I mean too early, being that it's been under construction for a hundred years now. Neat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I'm really excited about this game because of that.
1: It's interesting how for you sometimes these themes can really sell. Like I remember you banked oh. also, the mm-hmm. ice cream game.
0: Yeah, it's. The, the, I love the theme. I, lo- I love the theme more than the, the gameplay sometimes. <laughs> you know, It may be the best game ever, but if the theme doesn't catch me yet, I, I couldn't care less. But if the theme is fantastic, then I'm into it. Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is one that you're excited for.
0: I am. Yes, I really am. I have backed it. I did not back for the higher level to get the nice uh, custom black walnut dice tower with stained glass window on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit extreme. Are you getting the Kickstarter uh, player board?
0: I, I did go ahead and do that. It looks like it's just an extra board. Um, doesn't really do anything other than It doesn't that. do anything. I was surprised
1: that they're charging for that one. Yeah. The base game is $35, you can get an extra player board for $39, but it doesn't increase the player count. It doesn't have any other functional benefit. It's just an extra, it's an extra player board. Uh-huh. Just so
0: you could say, hey, I've got the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with the fact that that means that, you know, there's nothing, the Kickstarter exclusive is not, you know, important to the game. Which means that people who come on next aren't going to be, you know, cut out of something or find it hard to get something. Which I like and appreciate that they did that. I'm fine with mm-hmm.
0: that. Mm-hmm. But it's,
1: I find it funny that then they charged for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not much of an exclusive for that. I just make it available to everybody after then. Yeah, that's I'm just. Idea.
1: I'm. It's interesting that they charge for it. I would think that if it's a real Kickstarter exclusive and they're trying to do it, I would give it away for free. Yeah, you know, but. You know, they made their decision without it as they want to do it. And I just, I, I I mean, I'm not getting this one, at least not right now, but I just wouldn't get it with a Kickstarter exclusive board. <laughs> that's what that comes down to. Mm
0: hmm. Now, they have not, have they hit any stretch goals yet? They're six, oh, they yeah. They have,
1: they've hit a bunch of stretch goals. I just they're haven't sp- got any updates from them, really.
0: Not in a while. i have
1: only got two updates. Yeah, they've They've been very quiet. But yes, they've hit a bunch of stretch goals already. Nice, okay. So, anyway, that's the It's going to be finishing up October 9th. And I wonder if I want to talk about a Kickstarter game just to critique it or not.
0: Yeah, I'd say pass. What game is it?
1: Aventuria.
0: I don't remember that. Even. I'm curious, though.
1: You're curious? Yeah. I'm going to start talking about it just because. And I, I'm always questioning whether or not I want to talk about a Kickstarter when I'm mostly just going to be critiquing it. But one that popped up on my feed was Aventuria, which is a primarily card game. To um, set in a fantasy realm where each player has their own, from my understanding, it's a pre built deck and, you know, Settlers type style, or not Settlers, Sentinels type style, um, where you get your deck and you have a hero card and action cards, and you'll play through your deck and you'll power up things, you use actions and attacks and items, and you can either duel against another hero. Or do a pre-scripted adventure with some random encounters um, to go th- to go through your game, and I mean, I mean, some of the components are nice. They have these dials for tracking health, which is a nice thing. I really wish like some other games would have dials instead of like a pile of tokens. I commented on that when we were doing Warhammer Quest Adventure Card Game, that I use dice because it's not feasible to have so many tokens on my main characters. So they have that, but really, like, the gameplay, it doesn't seem to put to strike out at me, like, what's unique here? You know, I've commented before on some other people, like, I've told them, put, tell me what is unique and interesting about your game. And I go through this, I'm like, well, what is unique? I mean, this sort of play a card to go through a random quest looks very, like, Pathfinder Adventure card game type thing. Or that line of stuff. And it just doesn't it doesn't strike me as well what's the unique thing here? What's unique about your game and sets it out from everyone else? And I don't see it here. I'm not quite sure what it is that they're looking for. Hmm.
0: Okay. The art's really nice. Maybe
1: it's just the art. The I mean, the art is really nice. I like the art. I like the design style. They have some custom dice um for for you know um, skill checks and things like that but mm-hmm. it strikes me as just another card game and they don't tell me anything that's particularly interesting or causes me to pay more attention to this as opposed to go and get Pathfinder Adventure card game or something like that
0: yep and the cards do look pretty standard like there's a hero card here he's got a attack strength he's got a range attack strength looks like a magical attack which is empty for him and then he's got a maybe movement or a shield And some abilities in the bottom. Yeah, you're right. It just seems very, very standard. You know, which isn't always bad. Yeah, it is. Is it? I mean if it's
1: familiar Why would I want to why do I why do I want I mean, if you're trying to get me to back something on Kickstarter, there has to be something there that makes me so excited that I'm going to have the delay honestly the delayed gratification of wanting to get your thing as opposed to something else that's already out there. And so you need to draw my eyes to your product and make me pay more attention to you. Because otherwise, if you're not making me interested, why not just go get Pathfinder Adventure Card Game and have it today? Have it
0: now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the art or the theme you just like better. I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It's If it's the same as something else, you, you're not as likely to do as well. Because now people are choosing between two things that are the same. And in theory, only half of them pick your theme. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to defend it,
1: but I don't know. I mean, it's also it's really hard to defend it when you know it's just a Kickstarter up there. They did have a preview at Gen Con. You know, I mean, it's the sort of stuff that you need to be posting in your Kickstarter. You need to tell me why you are more interesting or why you're more unique. If you don't have it, I don't think you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't look it to me. I mean, if you tell me that the unique thing is you can either play co-op or competitive, you can duel if you want. Really? I mean, dueling means that. All these other cards that I got the game for, you know, the additional 126 cards instead, <laughs> I'm only using 30. Uh-huh. All the stuff that you include for cooperative play and all the scripted encounters, I don't need it. So, yeah, great.
0: Okay, fine. I
1: mean, really? Ah.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. Is it in English? The subtitle in the box is in uh, It's English. a reprint of a German game. Ah, Okay. So it's already a known game, I guess. You could go on BGG and look at reviews of it. Potentially. I don't think I have, but... Uh, I haven't. So it isn't entirely an unknown game. Yeah, I'm looking. It's it's a pretty new game. It's mostly unrated. Oh, there's a 1983 game called Aventuria. I don't know if it's the same, but I'm guessing that. Yeah, there's no reviews of the German edition either. Yeah, so there you go. And what is this 83 edition? And
1: even if there were, honestly, even though there were reviews of the German edition, the Kickstarter's got to sell it to the people looking at it. You can't make them go and hunt for other things. You should list up those reviews on the page. There was nothing on the page.
0: Yep. It's a mysterious game.
1: All right, so that's that one. Last one I'm going to talk about is Bethel Woods. Now, the Bethel Woods is based upon a set of novels, the Hours novels. I'm not at all familiar with it. I don't really know anything about it. Um, but apparently there's some orphanage that is under attack from bad things. Not really sure. But the idea of the game is that you are trying to enter the orphanage and build a mysterious device. Hmm. And the, the way you do that is there's going to be scattered around these boards, these little tokens, which are malfunctions. And there's six quadrants to the i can't say quadrants there's six quadrants as in four <laughs> um there's six sextants sextants maybe. that's
0: six sections
1: six <laughs> sections would be fine but then i'm not nearly as fancy and a sextant is a thingy that i use when i'm sailing well yeah so that means i can't be fancy because it is sex rent like a quadrant but a sex rent
0: i think see it sounds like section could also be it
1: Anyway, there's six sections around the board. There's six sections laid out around the board, around the central orphanage. And you're going to have small plastic minis for each of the different type of workers. So they're different colors of workers, red, green, blue, yellow. And each one of those can deal with a different type of malfunction. Coincidentally, red, green, blue, and yellow malfunctions. There's a theme for these things, but red, green, blue, yellow is probably how I would play the game. Um you'll pick up all the workers and then Mancala style, you'll put down a worker in each section. And if a worker goes in a section, they can fix malfunction of that type. So if you put a yellow guy in a section, he'll fix all the yellow ones. The last, the last worker can enter into the orphanage on spaces with a door of that worker's color. And then they can use their type of malfunction knowledge because once you fix a malfunction it becomes knowledge and it goes into your player area so when you send a worker your last worker into the orphanage you can spend an increasing amount of malfunctions at that point in time knowledge to fix the artifact and once you fix all six sections of the artifact you'll have finished But each round after your turn, you draw three more malfunctions. The malfunctions have a number on them that show you which section they go to. And if you ever have more than three malfunctions, it's going to break. And when it breaks, a new spy token comes out, which will have a negative effect on you. So it'll make one section harder or make one section ban things or a bad thing that'll occur. And so your only way to fix that is then go back... Then fix the malfunctions in that area and then go get rid of the spy. So it's trying to get you at the same time. And the malfunctions also will have bad things left to you. And if you ever have all the spies out of the malfunctions, so you lose the game. Okay. Um, I like the Mancala aspect of it. I like the the strategic aspect of it. This is not a game I've had the opportunity to play. Um and I have no idea about the theme of it, like I said.
0: Yeah, I've never heard of the story at all. Nope. The game is from I, New Zealand, so maybe maybe the book is big in New Zealand.
1: It could be. I like the artwork on the board. It looks really nice. The artwork on the player cards I'm not as much of a fan of. I don't know if you've
0: seen it. The different characters, you mean?
1: The different characters, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I was looking to send you, know, I guess... Somebody who's read the books might appreciate this more than I would. It may be. I mean the game the
1: mechanics to the game look pretty solid. I think that the mechanics of the game look nice. The arc on the board looks nice. So it looks like a pretty interesting game.
0: Mm-hmm. But it is coming from New Zealand.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a nice it's a nice puzzle type game. I mean it's your similar type of thing where multiple ways to lose, don't let any of them and get the objective to win. And you take a turn, and then they hit you, then bad stuff happens. You take a turn, bad stuff happens. I'm not quite sure what to call that sort of idea of a co-op game, but it's a very familiar idea of that type of stuff. Yep. Yep. That's a nice one. I like that Mancala stuff.
0: Yeah, I do. You know, it's like Five Tribes that I just got. It's got a Mancala movement.
1: And it's also sort of like Far Space
0: Foundry. Oh, look at that. Something else we may talk about a little more today. Did we say that this game is $60 New Zealand or 44 US? No, we didn't. It is, it's true. Okay.
1: <laughs> and this game is $60 <laughs> New Zealand or $40 US? Yep. <laughs> forty four New Zealand game. 40, yeah. $44 US. Yeah, Excellent.
0: For, so, you know, these games that are international, I can't buy because my, my credit card is uh, from the credit union and I cannot do international purchases. I have to call them first.
1: That's strange. Uh, well, you but know, it goes to Kickstarter, so it's not considered international.
0: No, but because because it's in New Zealand dollars, converts
1: it. Kickstarter converts it.
0: Uh, well, maybe they've changed it, but I know I used to not be able to. I don't know, I've never. I, had I backed that something that was in the UK, and I had to actually. I ended up getting Listen, declined. Not all of
1: us are as backwards as you are. But you know that
0: there, works Albert. for me. There's a lot more things I might have backed otherwise. Oh, I'd love to back this one, <laughs> but I can't. Last time I backed something, those in the UK, see. it got declined, and then I sent the guy money through PayPal.
1: I see.
0: All right. Um, and so today we are talking about Far Space Foundry. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Is this this was on Kickstarter? I remember we talked about this game on Kickstarter and talked about the cool aliens and all. Did you back it? I did not back it. Okay.
1: Or I backed it, but I didn't pay for the whole backing.
0: Okay.
1: I did I did my normal thing of back it and then drop to a dollar (laughs) because I did something else I wanted and then I backed that one to a dollar because I did something else and my 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 normal sort of serial (laughs) backing. (laughs) The normal thing I do.
0: I gotcha. Okay. It's it's a neat looking game. It's still a neat looking game.
1: It is a neat looking game. Well shall we talk a bit about it? Yes. All right, so to summarize the way Farspace Foundry works, the idea of Farspace Foundry is you are a trucker or managing a group of truckers, um, trucking an ore, refining that ore, and then getting it over to the Farspace Federation to turn it into weapons and other type goods, and then bringing those over to the front lines for use. And this is some peacekeeping operation back in deep in Farspace, Something like that. And the game is played in two parts. There's the alpha part, the, far sp- the the Foundry Alpha, and the Foundry Beta. And in Foundry Alpha, you're going to be trucking in ore from these two asteroids. So there's the red ore and the blue ore. And you're going to be spending actions and time uh, refining that ore into purple ore. And, or keeping the red ore and the blue or if you want, and then putting it on your freighters, which are these cards, and they have a limited amount of slots for things on them. And once everyone has played through their whole deck, you'll actually flip over a bunch of components, and I'll get back to that in a sec, to move to Space Foundry Beta. And so you'll, you know, sort of, in terms of theme, your freighters will fly off to uh, Foundry Beta. Anything left behind at Alpha... You left behind, you lost. You gotta get your stuff onto your freighters or you move out. And then on beta, you have to get your stuff back off your freighters, get it loaded into the space station, spend more actions to convert them into goods and power them up, and then get them back on your freighter. Because again, only things that are on your freighter to take to the front lines count for points at the end of the game. The way you do all of these things... Is by playing cards and working with a rondelle mechanism, really, not a Mancala mechanism. Hmm. Each of your cards, in general, will have a number in the corner. So, for instance, if it says six, you'll look at the rondelle around it. (coughs) There's The central part of the board is your space foundry. And there's eight slots around that board one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And if you do six, that means that you have a shuttle that is going to either be coming in or going out of number six on there. So if they're coming in from six and you're an alpha, for example, you're going to be bringing in either the blue ore or the red ore and bringing it into six or the next open slot. And that next open slot is part of the real crux of the game. Because the amount of stuff you can bring in is based upon which slot is open. So if six, if you played a six and six is open, you'll only be allowed to bring in one thing. If, for example, if you're bringing in and six were filled and seven were filled and then eight is the only one open, well, you had to go to your third spot because six was closed, then seven was closed, and then eight was open. So because you had to go to your third spot, you now have a transport capacity of three, so you can bring in three things. And the same works when you're leaving. Let's say that you wanted Mm -hmm. to leave from six, but the first spot that had a shuttle was an eight. So then you couldn't leave from six, you couldn't leave from seven, and you could leave from eight. So again, you can bring out three things from the station and put it onto your freighter. And that rondelle mechanism really builds the central mechanism of the game.
0: It's a strange mechanism. I mean, the, the, thematically it seems really odd, but it does look like it makes the game very interesting trying to choose when to play and what number to play
1: mechanically it's a it it's a very powerful mechanism and makes you start puzzling out when to play things and how to do things in terms of the thematic explanation for it, the basis is that because your guy took longer to get into a spot, so you had more time at wherever he was to load up before he was leaving mm-hmm. okay that's I- that's I the thematic idea, but really I mean really it's a
0: mechanic <laughs> Well, yeah <laughs>
1: Um. So that's the core mechanism is being able to balance when to do it, because you may want to try and play one. You're constantly trying to get more things in there. But if you know, you're not going to get a lot of things because your freighters and your space station have a limited amount of room. So you may not want to waste a bunch of room with a really powerful turn. You want to save it for later. But meanwhile, the central station and all those shuttles are being shared between all the players. So you may think, oh, next turn I'll do the six and do a huge move. But then another player may have messed with their plans, or the die in Solo, um, may have messed with (laughs) their plans and taken away the six.
0: Okay. So so when you dock, you're not docking your ship, you're docking a, a shuttle? A shared set of shuttles. Oh, so I may dock something and you then use it. And I dock well, something and use it if again.
1: If I bring in a shuttle to bring in some blue crystals, you may use that same shuttle to take out a bunch of purple crystals, for example. Okay. So, yeah, the shuttles are all being shared. And similarly, if I'm bringing in a shuttle, you may be like, oh, thanks, because you blocked in a space I wanted blocked, and now I get an extra transfer capacity because you did that. Thank hmm. you so much. Okay. Yeah,
0: that that is the, that's a very unique mechanism there.
1: It really is. Um, in addition to to the bringing in of the transport capacity, each of the eight slots has a unique has not a unique has one of three on each side on each foundry um, actions available to it, which are either get money um, by trading in red goods, spend a blue on an on, on alpha your trying to refine ore so you can get some extra money or you can refine ore and get a purple so you you chunk a blue and a red and get a purple or you can go to the tavern i think they call it or the or Mm -hmm. the cantina Cantina. actually is what it's called the cantina um and this is how you get additional freighters and additional uh alien pilots and you'll have the alien pilots deck. And when you go to the cantina, you have to spend a dollar to do it. And when you do that, you'll take the top three of the alien pilots deck. And each of the alien pilots has a special ability. All of your default guys do not have a special ability, but all of the alien pilots do have a special ability. So they might allow you to stack or take extra or go the wrong direction around the rondelle, all sorts of interesting things. And if it's your first alien pilot, You'll also take that same alien pilot color freighter, so there's yellow, black, and purple, so you'll get an additional freighter, and that may be a good thing and it may be a bad, because at the end of the game, you lose points for each freighter that is not upgraded and for each freighter that is not full because although you can't use an upgraded freighter that's like extra guns and things on the freighter that they want to the front lines so they'll dock you points if you're inefficient if you're not bringing them also a freighter with guns and a freighter that's fully loaded so if you get too many freighters you may find that you're having empty space and so you're in trouble because of that so this cantina mechanic becomes not a push your luck but it can cause you to have overextended yourself and may end up costing you points even though you got extra actions and extra opportunity to make points because now you have extra room in order to bring more goods to the front lines. Mm -hmm. Also, that Cantina is only available on Alpha. Everyone has a full deck of cards, and so that's one of each pilot, and all of the... you have one commander, and that commander is an X. The way the X cards work is there's one die, and we're going to come back to this die. There's one D8. And you start the game by rolling that die. Any card that's an X, which is the commander and all of the alien pilots, key into that die. So they're the same number as that die. But when you play a commander or any other X card, you can roll the die and see if you get something you like. And you're stuck with what it is that you roll.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: So, you know, hopefully you get lucky. If you don't, you're stuck. Um, But if you're trying to get something different, like sometimes you'll be like, I just want any one of these other ones because it's extra transfer capacity. I'm just fine with whatever it is. You'll be fine rolling that die. But I've found also that many times people don't want to trust in luck. So I've found certainly multiplayer that that die doesn't really change value for most of the game because nobody wants to go with the luck of getting it. That depends on what some of the alien pilots are, because some of the alien pilots are flexible enough to not care. But often people don't really want to roll that die because then you're trusting in the luck of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, And then, so that first, the first half of the game, it goes pretty quick, doesn't it? Cause you, you have, I think like a deck of six cards plus your commander a- yes. and, and the round ends once everybody's played all their seven cards.
1: Yes. And, I mean, the whole game, when you're playing it solo, it doesn't take very long. It's rated at 20 minutes per player, so it's solo, it's only supposed to take 20 minutes or so. Okay. I think that's actually pretty accurate. The whole game doesn't take that long to play. It's pretty fast.
0: Hmm, okay. That's neat.
1: Um, that does not reduce its depth. It's actually pretty thinky and pretty puzzly. But we'll get back to those thoughts in a minute once we're done describing the basic mechanics. Um, and then, so right, once you said it, so once everyone's played through their whole hand and you can extend your turn by having extra alien pilots, um, we'll now flip over the other side, the other side, you'd no longer have the cantina. So you'll go to beta. So you can't get any more, ore. you can't get any more alien pilots, What you're doing on the flip side instead is you'll be able to spend goods in order to do, uh, spend resources. So, um, red, blue, and purple stuff, to build products. And the number of products available is based on player count, but each one requires a different thing. So, for instance, one may give you two products for a blue, or it may give you one for a purple, or one for a purple and a blue. And you'll see at the beginning of the game what sort of products are available. So you'll want to tailor what you're bringing to, be, to beta based upon what products are going to be available to build in beta. And if you're not thinking about that while you're in alpha, you may end up coming to beta and you're like, ooh, <laughs> I sort of didn't plan well and now I'm stuck. <laughs> the game can be a little bit flexible with that, but if you're not thinking about it at all, you can really mess yourself up. Um, also in beta, that's when you can spend actions to either build goods upgrade your ships, which actually requires that you empty a ship and then you physically flip over the card to show that it's upgraded, but it has to be emptied first. And then the last one is to power a good, a product. And the way that works is you flip it over to its yellow side, and then it's worth an extra power at any point in time. Um, in addition, there's one more mechanic that gives you a bit more flexibility, which is bribing the dock master. Once per route, so that's once on alpha and once on beta, you can spend one credit to either put, down, or pick up and remove a shuttle from anywhere on the board. So that gives you a little bit more flexibility because normally you're limited to a hand size of three. So you may not have cards that can do exactly what you want, but if you make good use of that bribe, you can do it at a good time in order to be able to really get some extra benefits of it or increase your transport capacity or use a different action because the action you used is based upon which shuttle your guy actually leaves from. Okay. Okay. Um, at the end of the game, you get points based upon all your different resources and all your different products and your upgraded thing, and whoever has the most points at the end of the game is going to win. Hmm, okay. So, right, let's talk about the mechanics first. Um, this is a very puzzly game. You want to be managing your resources well to ensure that you're coming into the final game, the final round, the final end, and using all your resources and all your actions to get everything you want done. This is the sort of game where you will feel like, I do not have enough actions to get everything I want done. If I would have had more actions, I would have been able to get more resources, and get completely full, and get all my goods created, and get everything powered up, and everything uh, flipped over and upgraded, and I just don't have enough resources and enough actions and enough turns to get everything I want done. You know, Maybe I'm trying to bring stuff in and I already have everything filled up. I'm trying to flip over stuff and I don't have the actions to get purple stuff, to get purple ore. Or I don't have enough actions to build stuff. <coughs> this is a very puzzly game. And in my opinion, that is its strength. I like all the puzzle and all the thinking that goes into it. When you're playing solitaire, there's two ways to play solitaire. Um, You don't play with anyone else, and so the puzzle is entirely up to you. You can either play that you roll the die whenever you would normally in multiplayer, in which case it's just basically a pure puzzle, except when you play an X card of your own. You are running through it, and you're trying to optimize your hand and figure out what to do. Or you can play that every round, every turn rather, you roll the die and you either take on or put off a shuttle in that slot, whichever one the die rolls. So that die can change a lot throughout it. Either way, and that just, I think that gives a bit more randomness and I'll discuss the difference between those two in a sec. But I think either way, the game is all about the puzzle and using your very limited resources and limited stuff and limited options and effects to be able to maximize your points. And it's very much about that puzzle. And I really like that puzzle. It's a fun puzzle to be able to do.
0: Mm, it sounds really neat. It really does. What, one thing I don't grasp though is, you know, going back to that first phase, if I dock mm-hmm. a ship, could, could I get stuck in a situation where I never get to actually uh, launch a shuttle after I've docked it? Cause the other person keeps taking my shuttles. Well, yes, you could. It's I mean, what's happened, especially
1: in multiplayer, a bunch of times is that we'll go around the board. And for instance, when you're playing with a four player, this happens somewhat frequently. I think it's happened Mm -hmm. frequently to me is that at the end of a round, all the shuttles will be in and you're still trying to bring something in yourself. So everyone will use their bribes to take out a shuttle And then they'll bring in and fill that slot. So everyone's forced to use their bribe if they want to sort of keep up on that. Um, I've seen that happen. So you do have your bribe to do that. It's probably not going to happen forever because if a person's only ever, like you were just talking about how you bring a shuttle in and they're constantly bringing it out. So you never have one available to bring it out. Well, if they're never bringing anything in, then they're going to run out of stuff to take out. So they're going to have to also bring some in at one point in time. So it's not going to happen that you never have that opportunity. Okay, gotcha. unless they're playing unless they're playing just to mess with you <laughs> and not playing for points, which may be a really funny way to play, but is not really likely. It also means that they have to have the well. I guess they don't even need to have the right cards. So I guess they could waste their entire time and get zero points, and waste your entire time and get zero points. Which just doesn't sound very smart.
0: Sounds like you ticked them off in that last game you played. (laughs) Exactly.
1: But, yeah, you could both get zero points doing that, but that's not very likely. Okay. That's really what it comes down to. And another thing that I really like is all of the unique powers of the alien pilots. And the question, well, do I want to get a whole bunch of goods and fill them up? Or do I want to get small ones and get the really valuable products? And these are the sort of decisions that you have to make based upon looking at it, because you'll know which freighter you're going to get when you pick a pilot, which is one of the reasons why you get three options. So you may decide, oh, I want to get a pilot that's going to tie in to having a big freighter in order to use it up. Or I may want to get a smuggler and get a small freighter and fill it up with really high value goods. And try and go that route. So you have different sort of things you can do, and different unique powers you can have for those freighters. So it creates a lot of space for decisions in order to be able to think about how it is that. So that's with that's with the unique pilots and the unique freighters. Um, A couple things that are hard is that you were talking about how, um, you know, you you already mentioned that the mechanics aren't they're not perfectly tied into theme you were talking just now about how it's strange how your transport capacity goes up because you couldn't go in your first place
0: mm, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would make more sense if, if you know the, the earlier you got into the dock the more time you were sitting there instead of flying around looking for another one but you know whatever it sounds like it, it, works could, and- it
1: could be i mean some of the mechanics tie in very well for example um when you're leaving when you're taking a shuttle out you first use the action of the station and then you take the shuttle out because you're in the station and then you leave. So you do the action first. But when you're coming in, you come in and then you take the action because you have to actually get in.
0: Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So the action happens in the port. So you gotta get in.
1: action happens in the port. So it depends upon which way you're coming. So that puts the theme very much into it. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, like... You know, I uh, you're sort of restricted in some other things that you can do. You're like, well, why? You know, some of that doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, I have one shuttle, and there's a rule that when you take a shuttle, you can only access one spot unless you have another ability. Why? I mean, I can't <laughs> put my freighters together in order to be able to load them up nicely and easily. No, you just can't. <laughs> it's just, it's just the rules. Some of that just turns into the rules. So theme is pretty well integrated. There's a couple spots where it sort of falls short, but in general, it's pretty well. And I think the major spot that it falls short is this mechanic of the rondelle moving on, which I think for most players, you're going to need to see it a couple times in so order to really grasp how that rondelle mechanism works and how to calculate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that really seems interesting because... Because you get, end up getting so many choices, you know, do, do I play a four now or do I want to save that four for later expecting somebody else is going to go into that space or something mm-hmm. and get more, more bang for my buck, basically. Mm-hmm. So it, it looks really neat. You know, and I really like that this game actually changes in the middle of the game so much. You actually Dude. put half the game away, flip the board over and, and bring a bunch of other components out now.
1: Yeah, it super changes. I mean, not bringing out any extra components, but you'll sort of slide aside some things. Like the cantina disappears. You lose that ability. And now the actions that you take are entirely different. And you're actually, the board and components are split up. So your um, parts of the shuttle, part of the space station where you store stuff, are separate from the main shuttle pieces, which are separate from these... um, asteroid pieces all these are separate pieces of cardboard so you'll start when you move to beta you'll start flipping over all these pieces and you know that forces you to a certain degree to clear away everything from all the individual pieces because it's a new foundry but you actually will start flipping all these things over and change everything up which is interesting and fun to be able to do and you know that creates a, a cool level of just being really nicely nicely overproduced I think is something I can really say about this game. Like there's these cardboard pieces to put the ore tokens. They didn't need to have that. They could have just been like put it in a pile somewhere. You know, most places there's nowhere to put your money in most games like you just put your money off in a pile somewhere. You put your resources off in a pile. No, they give you like physical cardboard pieces which look really nice. I mean, the first time I actually opened it up, it the way they have the art laid out on the asteroid pieces, it looks like there's like a little bit where it got rubbed away from wear or something like that, but that's actually a part of the design of it because it's an identical rub on both asteroids. And so like that rub, you know, it's an interesting design. And once I realized that was part of the design, I was okay with it. I would have preferred, I think to have seen it all the way through. Um, just because every time i look at it i'm like oh no it's damaged and it's it's not actually it's just the way it's just the way it's supposed to look and so it takes on that classic space look is what it's looking for and the car design and the art style look nice it's really nicely overproduced one of the best parts of the overproduction are the metal coins you have access to credits hmm. and these are actual metal coins in the game um unfortunately i think i may have lost 3 of mine
0: oh no Yeah,
1: I don't know what to do about that. But there's these metal coins in the game, and it's a a resource-limited part, so I have to replace those somehow. Currently, I've just been using spare tokens. But they're nice metal coins, nice satisfying chink when you have them out. It was an excellent additional thing to be throwing in there. It really is a nice component to have those metal coins in there. So... All the different pieces and everything involved there really look very nice on the board.
0: Mm-hmm. I bet. That, that's cool. Have, now, I know there's a, an ex, at least an expansion off or maybe more. Have you played those at all? Do you know anything about it? I have it? not. Okay. I have not.
1: I do not have the expansion. I know that there is an expansion that throws in some extra products and it throws in an extra type of ore, but I'm actually not so familiar with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. The expansion is called either ore it's called ether or but i like it. ether or ether or to me it looks either like or. either or <laughs> not either or although that would
1: be really funny it's ether or
0: yeah unfortunately it wouldn't uh it wouldn't fit so well if it was either or but oh well there also appears ether to be ore. extra pilots and extra product expansion
1: that's all included in the ether ore expansion
0: oh well oh really okay
1: they get three yes. separate entries on bgg they did because originally when they were setting it up, those were special things that Kickstarter was getting. But in publication, those just got included in the expansion. Uh, ah, gotcha. Okay. So those are those are not separate things. Uh, there are a couple things, though, that are interesting issues. The game comes with the ability to shorten the gameplay time by I've only playing alpha or beta. Hmm. Now, then, personally, I mean, especially when you're playing Solitaire. Solitaire takes, like, 20, 30 minutes. It's really fast. And cutting it down, the only times when I've wanted to cut it down are when I started the full game, and there was a lot of chit-chatting going on, and we got done with Alpha, and we're like, oh, we just spent two hours on this game, because we haven't really (laughs) been moving so fast, and people were trying to figure out it was first game. Maybe (gasps) you should just stop at Alpha and call it a night. But at that point in time, I was like, well but we've been focusing so much on these pilots and trying to plan and prepare for what products you have. And that's a hard thing to do. (laughs) It's a hard thing to do. So I appreciate that they tried to shorten it, but I'm personally just not satisfied ever actually doing it. Mm -hmm. I've never found that to be a, a very satisfying thing to do. It's nice that they included it. I just don't find it very satisfying.
0: No, the, the, I guess you could also just break the game up into two halves if you wanted to, for whatever reason. You know, play half tonight and half tomorrow night.
1: I mean, you'd have to take pictures of what the game state is. Okay. I suppose if you wanted to, you could.
0: Mm-hmm. If you had a dedicated game room, maybe, but yeah, I don't.
1: <laughs> if you wanted to, you could. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is that, I mean, we've talked a, a bunch about this Rondell mechanic. It's a tough mechanic to figure out. I'll, I'll admit that for a first time play, it takes a good second to figure it out and figure out how to use it optimally, which is fun because as you get more experienced with it, you get better at learning that puzzle and figuring out how to do it. But I will admit that it's a new mechanic and it can be a difficult mechanic to understand quickly how to use. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's, I don't think that's a critique so much as just something to be aware of.
0: And that's probably a bigger issue of multiplayer than in solitaire, because because then what happens is you, you've played a few games and you play you cheat somebody new the game and they just don't stand a chance. Potentially, yeah.
1: Um, let's see here. Another critique is that, I mean, it depends upon how casual you're playing or how casual you're not playing. If you're not focused on the puzzle, or if you're playing with someone who's not focused on the puzzle, um, you may end up in trouble because you need to be thinking about how you're going to use your resources once you get over to beta. If you're not thinking about it, you may end up in trouble. Red resources, for example, are not really useful in beta. None of the, car- none of the products need red. I pre- I'm pretty sure none of the products need red. I think they all need blue or purple. So you can get a couple extra points in red. A resource is worth a point, And your first resource of any type is worth an extra point. So, I mean, it's not a waste, but you're bringing it over and it's going to clog up your your freighter because if you want to upgrade your freighter, you have to empty your freighter first. So
0: So you're going to be inefficient.
1: You're going to be inefficient. So if you're not really thinking, it takes a lot of planning. This is, I wouldn't, I mean, this is deceptively heavy. It's not a really heavy game, <laughs> but you set it out there and you feel like you're limited on the amount of things you can do and you're not thinking of how much thought and how much planning it really takes to figure out everything that you want to do to get done. It's, it's deceptive the amount of planning it actually requires in order to succeed. Now, again, for me, this is a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like the puzzle. I especially like the puzzle playing Solitaire. But I can understand that if you're looking for something, you know, that doesn't really deceive you that well, because a lot of that planning is not immediate planning. You have to spend a lot of time planning and then hope you can succeed in that plan during the second half of the game.
0: Mm -hmm. But,
1: you know, for me, that's just such a fun puzzle to be able to, to get out there and play. I like that puzzle. I like the puzzle aspect of it. Okay. But it's not a puzzle that is immediately obvious because it comes in those two steps. Speaking of the puzzle aspect of it, I said that there's two ways you can play solitaire, either with a random roll the die or not. I'm not sure which one I prefer yet. Sure. I'm not sure when you're not rolling the die, you feel much more in control ...of what it is that you're doing... ...and you're able to control... ...you know, much more aspects of it... ...and keep the freighters... ...and move through things... ...but a lot of the time... ...when you're playing multiplayer... ...being able to key in on the other freighters coming out... ...and use... ...and use those... ...tends to make your turns more powerful... ...and tends to make more things you can do... ...by increasing your transport capacity... ...when you're playing without that die... You may have more control, but I'm not sure if you actually have more power and more things you're going to be getting done on your turn. On the other hand, that die can really mess with you because if you decide you have a whole plan for how you're going to do the next three or four turns, that die can really mess them up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You know, it can be. It could just be an unfair die, and really interrupt your plans and really interfere. Good, bad, I'm not sure. I haven't figured out which way I like it because I like having the things moving around and being able to interact with other players because when you're playing multiplayer, you certainly have to. You can't control everything else that's going on the board. It doesn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. So you certainly have those two options. and I've played a bunch of times with both ways. I'm just not sure which one I like more. Currently, I think I'm leaning towards having the die and having the extra stuff happening, having the extra involvement.
0: Yeah, and that makes mm. sense. I think, you know, as as you play the game more and get better at it, without the die, it, it probably becomes much easier to score really well. And then, it may be. And then once you have the die, you know, th- there's more variability, and then it makes you think more after that and how to, how to react to things that happen. A bit more randomness on how to react.
1: I mean, yeah. there's still variability and there's still randomness because you shuffle up your deck and it may come out mm, in mm-hmm. any, any what order and you have no way of really controlling but that.
0: You, and you don't know what pilots you're going to show up. And all that in the cantina, it's and
1: there's from and you don't know what pilots are going to show up at the cantina, and in your deck there's no duplicates in your deck except for potentially an X if you get some pilots from the cantina, so you're not going to be able to hit multiple things. You're not going to really be able to increase your transport capacity very easily without doing interesting things with coming in and going out, because you can't. But when you roll a die, if the die rolls a two. So then you now get an extra transfer capacity when you play a two later because that jumps over. But when you're playing Solitaire and you're not using that die, it's a lot harder to get the big transfer capacities because it'll all time out.
0: Mm-hmm. So so if you wanted to, for example, get get to, go to the Cantina twice, you'd be able to play your card to – would you be able to do that easily or is that kind of hard to do? Because I imagine yeah, the first I, time you could play the – let's say the cantina's on six, you play a six – you land end in the cantina and then you take off. But now you said you don't have another six.
1: Yeah, because there's two cantina spots. Hmm. Um, but also it makes a difference for where you actually interact with. So you may end up going to, I, I don't think it's six that has the cantina. I think it's five and one, okay. but it's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> irrelevant what it actually is, but whatever it is. Um, so, but you know, if you have a four, you can, Close off the four by bribing or by waiting for someone else to do a four, and then you'll get it later and move into five and be able to access the cantina. But you want to make sure that you're also having money income because you need a dollar to hire a new guy each time. A credit, Mm
0: -hmm. and all this in seven actions.
1: All this in seven, (laughs) usually you'll have a couple extra because I've never played with absolutely no one from the cantina. I think that would probably not be a wise way to play the game, but. I can certainly understand why you wouldn't want to have every single person the cantina because Mm -hmm. you'll often end up with too many things. I think for me, the sweet spot is usually two extra people from the cantina.
0: Okay. This sounds like a really cool game. It really does sound fun. Mm -hmm.
1: It is a lot of fun. I'm definitely enjoying it. I definitely like it. Um, Another minor critique is that my cards are getting a little worn because each time someone goes to the cantina, you have to shuffle the whole cantina deck. (laughs) Oh, okay. So that's adding a little bit of extra wear on my cards. I don't really know if there's anything you can do about that other than sleeving them, and I just haven't done that. Mm.
0: Me. Barnes and Noble had sleeves at their
1: clearance sale. I can't imagine I would have liked them.
0: (laughs) was Fantasy flights Was it no upper deck sleeves? Oh,
1: I like Fantasy Flight sleeves. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> but i i'm i'm liking the puzzle a lot i like all the planning that goes into it i like the playtime for it it's a well-balanced playtime and i really love it is deliciously overproduced
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's neat it, it sounds like that that's a neat game and fun and just components everything makes it a great experience mm-hmm. this is the complete game yeah i don't think it's
1: missing anything
0: no it can't be missing anything Though, actually, it might be missing something.
1: Yeah, so as with every time, uh, we want to talk about, you know, every game is perfect, but it has to be missing something. And it's up to Albert and I to figure out what that something is. Um, before we do it, there' one last thing. Have you ever seen the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven? Years ago, yeah. Why? Years ago. Do you remember where the evil dog gets his ray gun? Goes ray gun.
0: <laughs> no, I don't remember that. You
1: don't remember that one particular scene. <laughs> no. There's a product in Far Space Foundry, a ray gun, and every time they pull it out, I just remember that one scene <laughs> from the movie where the bad dog is ray gun. <laughs>
0: So you're going to have the same problem with the the dice game, the, the ray gun dice game?
1: I don't know. <laughs> no, because I don't think it's a ray gun. It's like a quantum no ray thing, whatever uh, it is. Okay. It doesn't do it for me because it doesn't say ray gun, but this one says <laughs> ray gun and looks like, looks like a ray gun from that movie. That's funny. And every time I see it, I'm reminded of it.
0: <laughs> Gosh, I did not seen that movie in years, but it was good. It was mm-hmm.
1: a good movie. So... Well. Mm-hmm. Last time, Albert, what were we talking about?
0: Well, well, let, before we do last time, let's go to the time before that because that was one of the ones where the poll was done after the case. It was. I don't know
1: whose fault that was.
0: That was <laughs> so. That was for Warhammer Quest, and the two choices were dust bunnies and Boy Scouts.
1: And now, of course, of course, Bus- Boy Scouts was the better argument.
0: It, it was a great argument, but I made the mistake of putting pictures to represent each thing, and I found the cutest little dust bunny. Uh. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it got forty-one votes, and the cheerful boy scouts only got eleven.
1: I think maybe we need to ban pictures.
0: <laughs> maybe so. Well, you know what? Then so the next time, I I only posted it like Thursday because I almost forgot too. Actually, I, I was behind. Um, I, it was hot air balloons and astronauts. What is Shadowrun Crossfire missing? And I argued for hot air balloons, and I gave that spoiler and all that, and you argued for astronauts and. So this time I said let me put the creepiest hot air balloon I could find and you know what there aren't many creepy ones <laughs> They're all beautiful looking things I finally found one that I thought looked kind of gross kind of creepy and a cool looking cyber astronaut guy and so you won this time for sure 26 votes against 20
1: Yeah I vote wow it's still really close even with you yeah. trying to skew things with the pictures
0: yeah but again you know hot air balloons can only you can only make them so ugly.
1: I so think maybe, just maybe we need to ban things. pictures, Albert. Maybe. maybe you should stop putting pictures, Albert. You
0: know, if if you put up your poll, you could put in your own picture. I don't want to put pictures. I don't
1: put a pictures when I put up a poll, Albert. Yeah,
0: you know, it gives it context.
1: <laughs> context. <laughs> I give you context.
0: Right <laughs> to the moon. Well, so you won the last one. All right. So, so that now means what? I can
1: go first or second. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go first. Because I feel like you always go first.
0: I do. I just like getting out of the way. (laughs) I'm going to make you go second this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the words for today were kindly submitted. We've actually had a couple new submissions come in. Uh, I think one of those got picked at random. Um, The first submission is from Lynn and Albert. You are going to be arguing for a garbage truck. Hmm. Okay. And I am going to be arguing for golf tees, which is a new submission from Jason Clark.
0: Golf tees, okay.
1: Good luck. All right, and so I'm going first. Let me pull up my fancy dancy stopwatch. And here we go. We need golf tees because every single resource here is circular shaped, and it's so hard to get them across from you know, the freighters over to the station. If we could only have golf tees, it'd be so easy to just knock these things, you know, no gravity in space, just get them across, a couple extra actions and some freebies, perfect way of doing it. It stops.
0: (laughs) Golf tees, huh? Okay. All right. You ready? Set, go. Well, what this game really needs is dump trucks because dump trucks make the best freighter ships, especially when they're trying to get a bunch of golf tees and throw them out because they don't belong in space. There you go. Done. And done in 12 seconds. <laughs> Bam!
1: It's a good thing we're now playing Just a Minute. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game. <laughs> no, I haven't. Just a, just a Minute is an old English show where the goal of the game was you had to speak for 60 seconds straight and you could not repeat any word. You cannot pause and you could not say anything that was out of context or had no grammar sense or just sort of crazy. And so you had to speak for 60 seconds. And if you did it wrong, someone else could buzz you, and they would get a point for being right, and they would get to take over.
0: And could you repeat like words like and and the? And those the,
1: you could. If it wasn't excessive, so if you went me, 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 That would be excessive when we got to get you (laughs) by. Gotcha. Okay. That sounds (laughs) But It was a comedy show with all sorts of British humor. It was very funny. Okay. Um, But apparently you wouldn't be good because you didn't even fill 20 seconds.
0: That's fine. I didn't need to. That was good. My argument was, but you now have a a five second rebuttal. I have a five second rebuttal for my five second rebuttal.
1: I will say as follows. One, Albert, you can't even fill 12 seconds with your garbage trucks, (laughs) less than everything else. And two garbage trucks don't move
0: in space. (laughs) (laughs) they're freighter garbage trucks i think is what i said freighter garbage trucks yeah i I believe that's what i said strap you some rockets and (laughs) and they're
1: just like freighters so they're no longer garbage trucks because exactly (laughs) perfect
0: oh albert 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 (sighs) all right well we have one more thing on this episode and um and then i think it's a show we have a contest to resolve from, like, a month ago. Now, you recall way back when, when we talked about uh, Samurai Spirit? I do. And then I went and found another copy of the game, and so I'm giving it away. And I had people create a haiku. I'll
1: give you $2 for it.
0: No, I'm sorry. You had to enter in the contest. You had to submit a haiku, and you didn't. Darn. Time's up. Um, so I've got a few different entries. I'm going to read them out. From Matt D., um, here's his haiku. Co-op games are fun. Please give me another one to play with my son. <laughs> so, not only is it a haiku, but it seems to rhyme. Um, let's come back over here. Julius, you know, Jeremiah. Okay. Then from Jeremiah Santos. Jerry? Excuse me. He gave me Blades to Save the Crops, Team of Solo to Seven, Slashing the Raiders. Um... Then another one from Legend. Uh, He sent that the very last minute, almost 42 minutes left in the contest when I received this. Uh, On my own again, just me and my cardboard friends. This time, who will win? Ooh, I like that one. (laughs) And... You know what, there must be... Here's another one. Okay, this one was actually before his, but he, he sent me a question later on. Um, so I sorted my email. They're each called Samurai Spirit. These are the only haikus with titles. I wait, sword in hand. The fearful hordes come with fire. I must stand my ground. And the other one is... I wait, sword in hand. The fearful hordes come with fire. Am I nuts or crazy? My nuts are crazy? Am I nuts or crazy? Oh. I was like, that doesn't sound appropriate. (laughs) No. no. That was not appropriate. Am I missing one? I'm sorry. Here is... I am missing a couple. Oh, look at that. I got a bunch more. This is Ralph Vicks. Seasons fail is... No, I'm sorry. Season fall is here. Board game time, but kids not home. Solo games only. And here's one from Mo seven one eight nine. Um Samurai Spirit a game that interests me. Send it my way, please. <laughs> <laughs> nice Mo <laughs> You know I, I didn't give a lot of requirements other than Saiku. Here's one from uh, Gregory Gregory Berger. Um his ten year old son helped him with this one. Clish clash clish clash, clash bang Ancient Warriors attack. Victory is ours. And No, that's that's it. Wait, no, wait, wait. And I got a lot of entries here. Listen. <laughs> okay. Listening to you. Dulcet tones give me desire to play more fun games. <laughs> and his bonus haiku one player podcast two great hosts to listen to zero game regrets <laughs> <I hope> so. <laughs> so there we go um,
1: I kind of know which one I'm voting for yeah do I get a vote? sure yeah that you, one that I said I like the cardboard friends
0: yeah you know I think I, I, think I agree with you there, there are a lot of good entries but I really like from a uh, legend, I'm my own again—just me and my cardboard friends. This time, who will win?
1: Yeah, I kind of like that one. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Yeah, there's a couple other fun ones. That was oh, a lot wait. of really—that was a lot of really good entries, but that one's kind of stand away.
0: I yeah. Hopefully, I didn't miss anybody. I don't think I did.
1: If we did, we apologize. Yes. I'll make sure to make sure Albert's more organized next time.
0: Well, that, yeah, that's what happens there's another one that I liked I want to give honorable mention but which was it oh, <laughs> Mo's made me laugh Samurai Spirit a game that interests me send it my way please
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and here we go Gregory's clish Clash 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 Bang Ancient Warriors Attack Victory is Ours I like that one a lot too it's an honorable mention
1: very cool We appreciate everyone sending in their entries.
0: And uh, so Mr. Legend, I will, or Mrs. Legend, or Miss Legend, I will send you an email and get your information and send off the game. Very cool. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Yep. Have a great uh, next two weeks.
1: Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you.